You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm Stephen Pianovich. It is Wednesday, September 12th. Penn State, just a few days away from its week three clash with Kent State, also 17 days away from playing Ohio State, but who's counting, honestly? Uh, Well, James Franklin is not, that's for sure. All his focus, he will tell you, is on the Kent State flashes. They uh, they play this weekend at noon on Saturday at Beaver Stadium. Uh, We're going to get you ready for that game in today's show. Coming up, we're going to have three things I think Penn State fans should know this week, and then we're also going to be joined later by Steve Petrella. He covers college football for the Action Network. We're going to end into some, some betting talk with him about Penn State's line this week's over-under, Trace McSorley's Heisman odds, and we'll also play a little bit of Penn State trivia with Steve later on the show, so stick around for that. But yes, first, we're going to start with three things I think Penn State fans should know this week. We are just three days away from the Kent State game. Nothing much stood out uh, at James Franklin's press conference on Tuesday. This has been kind of a low-key week for Penn State, and I think you can kind of expect that the next the next two weeks as, as things uh, die down a little between Pitt and Ohio State with Kent State and Illinois on the schedule. But there's still a lot to talk about, uh, and and here they are. So these are the three things I think Penn State fans should know this week. Number one, Penn State's going to try to play a lot of people on Saturday. Kent State is going to try to play fast. So Penn State has been subbing in a lot already, uh, especially on defense, uh, a ton of rotations Friend of the podcast, Audrey Snyder, had a good breakdown of this on The Athletic earlier in the week, and it just shows how much Penn State is rotating, especially at its linebacking core, and has also been using different players uh, up front and in the defensive backfield. And then, obviously, on offense, you saw Sean Clifford, the quarterback, get some run against Pitt. You saw Mac Hippenhammer, a redshirt freshman or a second-year wide receiver, Get uh, catch a touchdown in that game and get a little bit more playing time. You're going to see more things like that on Saturday because I expect this game to be a blowout. And if it is, uh, Penn State's going to use that to its advantage to get some guys some playing time because of a new redshirt rule. So in 2018 now, the NCAA is allowing players to play in up to four games and still keep their redshirt. So that means Penn State can play all of its true freshmen if it really wanted to, or a lot of its true freshmen uh, in games like Kent State and Illinois, and they could still they can play in two more games after that too, and not and still keep their freshman eligibility heading into next season. So that's something I, I expect Penn State to take advantage of this week. James Franklin was asked about wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Dotson who he said is definitely going to play in those four in in four games this year. They're trying to figure out exactly where. Wouldn't shock me to see him out there uh, on Saturday. He was part of that highly ranked rec- recruiting class. You're already seeing guys for like Micah Parsons from that class and Jesse Lukita. So I expect that trend to continue on Saturday. 
And the other thing about this point is that Kent State is going to play fast. James Franklin said that this offense they're about to face is probably the fastest that his staff has seen in its now four-plus seasons at Penn State. Kent State ranks 14th in the country in plays per game. They run 84 plays per game. They have this offense uh, under Sean Lewis, who is the youngest head coach in college football. I couldn't find an exact number for his age. It wasn't on Wikipedia or his Kent State bio or anything, but he was hired when he was 31 last December. So he's either 31 or 32. Youngest coach in FBS college football. He played at Wisconsin 11 years ago. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> and uh, he runs a really fast offense. I assume it's it's because he's a millennial with a short attention span. And, and if he doesn't run a play every 20 seconds, he'll be caught watching Snapchat and, and Instagram stories or, or whatever. So just be, you know, don't blink too much uh, when Kent State has the ball or you might miss a couple plays. All right. Number two thing to know this week, Penn State's recruiting class got a bump on Tuesday with a big name. Joey Porter Jr. is now a Penn State commit. Yes, he is the son of former Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker, All-Pro and Super Bowl champion Joey Porter. He is the top-ranked Pennsylvania recruit in the 2019 class. He plays cornerback. He uh, is a 16th member of Penn State's 2019 recruiting class, and it's a really nice pickup for, for Penn State. Um, especially as James Franklin likes to say he dominates the state. He uh, jumped up into a big dominate the state banner at Heinz Field the other night. And this is a really good get because it shows that Penn State, again, like they did with Micah Parsons last year, is able to go out and get the best recruit in state. Uh, Joey Joey Crawford, Joey Porter Jr., told 247 Sports that he knew he was going to be a Nittany Lion for a few months he is from he's from the Pittsburgh suburbs. He uh, plays in North Allegheny in Wexford, Pennsylvania. Obviously, grew up in the Steel City there, where his dad was a defensive star for the Steelers. And honestly, this got to be another another little twist of the knife for for Pitt fans who might also be Steelers fans. Uh, he was Pitt obviously had interest in him and recruited him and would have loved for him to stay home and and play college football in the same stadium where his dad his dad had so many great memories but Penn State again beats Pitt Pat James Franklin beats Pat Narduzzi on the recruiting trail and Joey Porter Jr. is going to be a Nittany Lion all right so third thing to remember this week or third thing I think Penn State fans should know this week it also has to do with Pitt Uh, I wanted to check back in on how things are going with that program after Saturday's 51-6 to win for Penn State. Uh, they're not handling it all that well over there in the 4-1-2. Um, Penn State fans probably remember a couple years ago when Pitt beat Penn State 42-39. to One of their assistants got a keychain made with that score on it. It was even in a hype video that James Franklin tweeted out about this year's Penn State pick game. Uh, so no keychains this year, uh, but here is how one Pitt assistant coach is handling it. This is from, let me pull up the quote here. This is from Pitt tight ends coach Tim Salem, 
who said this to Craig Meyer, who covers Pitt for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He said, quote, I haven't slept since the game. If that's what you're asking, really, I've been in this building since 7 a.m. on Sunday. I haven't left. I haven't left. I worked yesterday in this building for like 18 hours and I slept here. That's just the way it is. I think sometimes when you play play games and lose, you lose a game, a little bit of you has died. You know, you do somewhat die when you lose a game. To recover from that, you just have to turn the page and buckle up for the next game. He goes on to say, he was asked if he had been there, uh, if he had won on Saturday, would he still have done the same thing? And he said, quote, I'd still be here. When I go home late at night, it's, honey, can you change the light bulb? Can you move this out of the garage? No, I don't want to change light bulbs. I'm not moving nothing in the garage. So I don't want to go home. I don't have that stuff. The honey to-do list is gone because I'm not there. This is my sanctuary right here. You've got to try it. It will work. That again is from Pitt tight ends coach Tim Salem, who is, uh, I guess, coping with dealing with a 45-point loss by sleeping in his office, going insane, and being a bad partner to his wife. I I, I don't know. Everyone I uh, grieves, if that's what you want to call it, in a different way. But yeah, uh, Penn State's in a much better place than Pitt right now, uh, mentally and uh, I guess physically, if as long as they're not avoiding their wives or partners at the office. So those are the three things I think Penn State fans should know heading into the Week 3 game against Kent State. We're going to step away for a quick break, but when we come back here on Locked On Nittany Lions, we'll be joined by Steve Petrella from the Action Network. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and my bookie's mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today with my bookie. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar on deposits up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE, that's O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, to activate the offer. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm joined now by Steve Petrella, who is the college football editor at the Action Network. We're here to talk about some betting lines for this weekend and in the future for Penn State and beyond. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. So Penn State is a 34.5 point favorite this weekend against Kent State. Also, a a rather large over-under in this game at 64. I'm kind of more intrigued by that that second number. Could you tell us a little bit about Kent State? I know they run a fast offense and why the the over-under in this one is so high. Yeah, we've seen a a lot of movement uh, early in the week on that that total. Um, So it opened 64, uh, 63 at, um, you know, some of the books that sort of set market um, and then the other sports books kind of follow suit based on the early movement 
um, when the professional bettors are betting into those numbers. So opened uh, around the number it's at now, actually dropped to 58. Um, hmm. And Tuesday morning, we saw uh, a big buyback on, on the over. So we saw a ton of sharp action um, on the over. So yeah, Kent State uh, is a much, much different team uh, than they were a year ago or even over the last uh, 10 years or so. Um, they, their coach, Sean Lewis, uh, he's from like the Art Bryles, Dino Babers, uh, the, you know, that Baylor coaching tree uh, with those explosive offense, uh, fast pace. So uh, last year they were bottom 10 in the country in uh, pace. They, they were incredibly slow, a um, little bit predictable. Um, now they're running almost uh, a play a minute more uh, than they were a season ago. So uh, you're going to see Kent State try to air out the ball. They did it against Illinois. They did it against Howard last week and, and were pretty successful in both games. Um, so you'll see some pace. You'll see some some deep passing. Um, and you know whether or not whether or not that plays into Penn State's hands, uh, you know I'm not I'm not quite sure, but um, should be some points uh, based on the the movements that we've seen so far on that total. Yeah, and uh, the weather probably could come into play there. Might that hurricane might sneak up into Central PA and give uh, give that some rain. So if the weather forecast changes, I expect that would change as well. Um, see a lot more movement uh, on that total and, and totals across the country. Um, we've already seen a ton uh, in the North Carolina, uh, Virginia games uh, or any game mm-hmm. played in that state. But once the forecast gets a little more uh, precise, uh, we'll see some even bigger uh, buybacks. Uh, like like you said, like potentially on under um, if we think or we know the weather in uh, in Central PA is going to be bad. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on if you are betting this game. Uh, looking ahead on Penn State's schedule, I know they're, the line's already out on Ohio State. I believe it's moved to about six and a half in Ohio State's favor uh, going into week three of the season. Obviously, those teams meet in week five. Buckeyes have another high-profile matchup this week uh, playing against TCU. One way or the other, how much if Ohio State's a big winner in that game or it's close or if they lose, how much could that result impact uh, how the line is for Penn State, Ohio State in a couple weeks? It sort of depends on, you know, what the box score looks like as well. So um, if they win, but they get outgained or um, if they win, but they were minus four in turnover margin, um, you know, it's, it's going to vary just based on how they actually perform and not the final score. Um, but generally books uh, aren't too quick to um, move things too dramatically. Um, so, you know, they're, I think in college football, uh, mm-hmm. they'll only adjust a rating between five and ten percent based on one result. Um, so a lot of the uh, a lot of the numbers you're seeing and, and the power ratings and the spreads are all still based, uh, you know, between eighty and ninety percent on preseason ratings. Um, so with a big win over TCU, yeah, I think this line uh, it's at six and a half uh, in Ohio State's favor in that game against Penn State now. Um, Ohio State wins big and, and Penn State doesn't look great. Uh, the next two weeks, I think you'll definitely see that line over seven. Um, I don't think you'll see the line get inside like three or four um, just because Penn State, you know, doesn't have that much. Um, mm. It can, you know, next to opponents, um, unless they're just complete dominations and the offense looks a lot better uh, than it has. Um, I, I don't see that line getting uh, inside uh, inside three or four. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Ohio State, uh, Dwayne Haskins, their first-year starting quarterback, really talented 
uh, sophomore, I think, who wasn't he wasn't on the field until really this year because he was behind JT Barrett. Uh, but he's put up a lot of big numbers in the first couple weeks, and he's uh, he's jumped up in the Heisman standings too. I think he was his odds are third best or third or fourth best as of heading into this week. He's ahead of Trace McSorley already after Trace McSorley's put up some more pedestrian numbers in the first couple weeks. Uh, so w- when they, I mean, obviously so, so something could happen this week playing TCU, but do you feel like the winner of that Ohio State-Penn State game, just from the quarterback standpoint, assuming they both play okay, is the winner of that the Big Ten's most likely Heisman front runner for the rest of the season? Yeah, I, th- I think you got to think so. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is... Uh... But at least at, at Westgate in Las Vegas, I think he's six to one. So I, I guess technically you have to consider him the, the favorite. But I, I, yeah, I don't bet the Heisman. But if I were, I wouldn't bet a running back. Um, I think when a running back wins, there there has to be a core, there has to be no quarterback that truly stood out this year. And I think there are going to be a handful this year between Haskins, uh, to at Alabama, um, McSorley, uh, even. Kenzie Milton at UCF, although he won't win, but um, there are going to be plenty of, of standout quarterbacks to choose from. I think uh, Will Greer at West Virginia is another one. Um, so yeah, I would say whoever uh, whoever comes out of that game victorious uh, will certainly be the Big Ten's best shot to win the Heisman. Um, and early season performance uh, is incredibly important for the Heisman. Um, it sort of gets the ball rolling, like on these narratives. So mm-hmm. Athens goes into goes in Happy Valley beats Penn State by two or three touchdowns, uh, you know, on a big stage, big game, top 10 matchup. Um, now the national narrative is kind of, you know, rolling his favor. Uh, whereas if McSorley does the same thing, then, you know, people are going to be talking about how clutch he is. Um, you know, he's been doing this for three years. Um, and then that sort of snowballs into like the, you know, McSorley lifetime achievement uh, narrative. <laughs> like he's been doing forever so uh so yeah i would say whoever wins that game especially if it's in a convincing performance will uh will certainly jump maybe into the top two in terms of odds uh, assuming everything in the next two weeks goes goes fine for these teams i like the idea of a lifetime achievement heisman award yeah true. like very fun I, I guess they have what's the senior one the senior class award yes it's like the same thing or something or, or you got the uh the Lowe's, uh, like humanitarian slash performance award. Uh, like okay. Your, uh, award. Um, so if you do like something good off the field and you're good on the field, they give you the, the combined, uh, the combined award. Well, that's nice too. All right. Well, we're with Steve Petrella from the action network. We have to step away really quickly, but we'll be right back. We're going to play a little bit of Penn state trivia that involves betting. So stay with us here on locked on Nittany lions. Football season is back, and so is the chance to win big with FanDuel. You don't have to be a fantasy expert to win with FanDuel, and it's never been more fun or easier to play. This year, FanDuel has more ways to win than ever before with games like Gridiron Pick'em, Guru, and Beat the Score. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start playing. That's fanduel.com slash locked on.
right, we are back here on Locked On Nittany Lions. We still have Steve Petrella from the Action Network on the line. Steve, we're going to play a little trivia in a bit, but before we get into that, uh, I just want to get your take on, on some some numbers that are jumping out and speaking to you this week across across college football. The over-unders in, in all the games in North Carolina and Virginia and really up and down the East Coast, um, you know, if you can time it right, uh, you'll get a lot of value. So, for example, the the Clemson-Georgia Southern games down to 44. Um, but if the weather looks – and it's, it's possible these, these games get canceled, but um, if the weather looks a little more favorable, um, you're going to see people starting to pound the over, um, and there's going to be a lot of value in the over at 44. So um, take a look at all those games. Um, two other games I really like, uh, BYU plus 22 against Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin really hasn't looked, uh, hasn't looked great against, uh, you know, Western Kentucky and, and New Mexico in its first two games. Um, I think there's, there's some pieces missing on, on defense for the Badgers and they'll, they'll get it straightened out throughout the season. Um, but I think 22 points is, is too many. We have it power rated at, uh, 16 right now. So I think you're getting, you know, about, uh, about a touchdown worth of value. Um, another thing I like about this game, uh, 60% of people uh, who are betting on this game are betting on Wisconsin. So that's the ticket count. Um, but then 70% of the dollars wagered are on uh, BYU. So that shows people with money. Uh, generally, this isn't always true, but generally people um, who know what they're talking about and are, are wagering more money um, are coming in on BYU. So um, that's what I'm interested in. And with a total at 44, uh, points should be at a premium. Um, and in those cases, uh, a lot of times, since they're lower scoring, uh, a team like BYU can hang inside uh, a big number like 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin has. They, they were struggling as New Mexico last week. And I know we discussed Alex Hornibrook's Heisman uh, candidacy uh, <laughs> for 2018. Not off to a great start. No, I don't, I don't think he's going to jump conversation uh with a big week this week either he's gonna yeah. he's gonna throw seven touchdowns against byu and yeah. uh, he'll and, uh, make you root rue that pick man Who knows? Hey. and uh, another one i like uh i uh, things early in the week is uh, auburn uh, minus nine and a half against lsu um i <laughs> lsu the first week against against miami played a pretty good game um mm-hmm. but there's a lot to dislike about Miami, so I, I try not to take too much away from that effort. Um, and, and Joe Burrow, transfer from Ohio State, really wasn't good against Miami, um, and he was terrible last week against Southeastern Louisiana. I think he was 10 of 20. Um, and LSU almost got – you could even say they got outplayed uh, in that game by Southeastern Louisiana. So um, I think another one where points are going to be at a premium, but I just – I don't see how this LSU uh, – Offense is going to move the ball against Auburn. Uh, I think Auburn's defensive line, which is excellent and was excellent against Washington in, in their opener, um, is just going to feast. And I can kind of see like a, a 30 to 10 kind of game um, in this one. And, and since it came down off 10, uh, which is a key number because so many games tend to finish uh, on 7 and 10 and, and uh, margins like that, I think there's some value at 9.5. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to resist for making my money is on the Tigers joke. So ah. in, instead, we'll just we're just going to move on uh, <laughs> to uh, this week's edition of Penn State trivia here on Locked On Nittany Lions. It is gambling themed and spread themed. 
Uh, as we mentioned at the start of this segment, Penn State is a 34 and a half point favorite against Kent State this weekend. This is the sixth time in the James Franklin era that Penn State has been at least a 27 point favorite. Steve, can you name the other five times this happened for Penn State under James Franklin? I will give you a hint. Four of these games happened in the 2017 season. Okay, so one is is Rutgers last year. Yep, they did not cover. They were 31-point favorites. They did not cover. Um, Akron, of course. Yep. Akron, the season opener last year. Penn State did cover a 30-point spread. Akron, Akron, Akron. Um, Georgia State last year. Oh, yeah. They were 38-point favorites. That was that, that great week three matchup that Penn State loves to have. Penn State did cover that as well. The only, the only reason I know that one is because I bet on Georgia State. Oh, um, sorry to hear. <laughs> not, Panthers oh. let you down. Uh, oh, man. There's got – There's another big, big Ten home game from last year. Against a team that I highly doubt Penn State will be a 27-point favorite against anytime soon. Maryland? No, they no. played last year. Oh, uh, Nebraska? It was Nebraska. They were 27 on the nose, Penn State was. They did not cover. I think there was like 100 points scored in that game, too. It was a ridiculous yeah. offensive game for both teams. I guess they that, that was – I was talking earlier about how – Odds makers don't adjust like too too much after one, mm-hmm. but last year they adjusted Nebraska pretty quickly because they were so terrible. Yeah, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't think Penn State would have been twenty even as good as they were, but uh, right, right. Yeah. I don't think that's ever gonna. I don't think Scott Frost's Nebraska team is gonna be a twenty-seven point underdog very often. Colossal failure. If, uh, <laughs> if it was. Yeah. Um, okay. The last one is from 2014, if that helps at all. It was a non-conference game that year. I think this school might have been an FCS get- school at the time. They might still be. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. Um, so it wasn't a Mac. It wasn't a Mac school. No, not a Mac school. Also, a Penn State player transferred there. Kind of a, a well-known Penn State player, I'll say. Might have been an FCS school at the time. I'm only going to give you a minute, man, to answer this question. Uh, uh, I get it. I get it. Uh, it's got to be UMass. It was UMass. Penn State was a 27-point favorite. I think that was like James Franklin's oh. second or third game. They covered that spread as well. They did. Okay. That was yeah pre, pre-Adam Brenneman. Uh, Adam Brenneman was – I think he was still playing for Penn State at that time, yeah. Wow, that, that feels like a long time ago. It was, uh, 2014 was a long time ago. Yeah, and ended, of course, in that that uh, pinstripe bowl victory over Boston College. Oh, yeah, Sam Figgin hit a walk-off extra point. Who could forget these things? Nobody. Nobody. All right, Steve Petrella from the Action Network. Thank you, as always, for coming on and enlightening us about this week's, this week's lines and over and unders and all that. Got it, man. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. So that will do it for this edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. Thank you so much for listening. If you could do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show and also leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I'm also looking for more listener feedback. I want to know what people want to hear, how we can make the show better, what kind of segments you'd like what kind of content you'd like to hear on this daily Penn State podcast. So if you have suggestions, you can reach us 
in many different ways, or all different ways if you'd like to. We are on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. I, Stephen Pianovich, am on Twitter, at S Pianovich. That's S-P-I-A-N-O-V-I-C-H. You can also find Locked On Nittany on Locked On Nittany Lions on Facebook, and you can also reach us on email through LockedOnNittanyLions at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate any feedback you have, questions, comments, suggestions as we continue to build this show. We'll be back on Thursday to talk more Penn State, Kent State. I'll talk to you then.